We're so thankful to be able to be here today and that we get to share this morning with you guys just from our lives, just from our journey. And um, Sean, before he went, he asked us to specifically preach a message that we preached in July of 2020. So it's almost two years ago. And we checked, it's almost two years ago to the date. And, um, you know, some of you might have heard this message before, maybe online um, back then. Some of you might not have heard it. But, you know, even this past few weeks as we've been going over it, we just looked at it and we're like, wow, we have so much to learn. Um, we're continuing to learn, continuing to grow. And this message really even encouraged us in the season. It helped us to refocus as well. And obviously in the last two years, we've grown and we've changed so much as people, our lives look so, so different um, after these last two years. But we really do hope that this encourages you today and strengthens you. And so the, the title of our message today is The Weight of Waiting, The Weight of Waiting. And when we prepared this message, we had just gotten engaged four months prior and two of those months, we had actually been separated by COVID. I was stuck in South Africa. Matt was all the way in Ireland, not the way you want to start your engagement. And want to give a little shout out to Ciara and JP. Whoop, whoop. They got engaged. They got engaged yesterday. So if you see them, just shower them with love and celebration. It's just such a special, special season. So congratulations to you guys. We love you guys so much. And they were up bright and early this morning, um, worshiping and practicing and and setting up the stage today. So thank you guys so much. But yeah, we had just gotten engaged like them. And then we were split. We were separated for two months because of COVID. And, um, you know, so much of life, if you remember back to then, if you can remember back to those days, so much of life was uncertain. As COVID descended, it felt like a descent on all of us. COVID arrived. And, um, you know, just we began this crazy journey of waiting, waiting to get married, waiting to find a place to live in Dublin, which can be a struggle. Um, then we postponed our wedding celebration, and then we were waiting, and we got married with six people, as Sean mentioned, and then eventually we were waiting for our celebration to happen in October last year. And, um, you know, there was still so much uncertainty looming at that time. Travel wasn't like a free thing like it is now. It's like back to normal. It's amazing. And uh, it was just a crazy season. It really, really was. Um, and it was marked with lots and lots of waiting. And since then, so much has changed. But what we still find true today is that we actually still find ourselves in just another season of waiting. And, you know, many of you know, like almost... Almost a year ago now, we applied for a U.S. green card for me, and um, we've been waiting and waiting with almost 10 months of absolute silence, hearing absolutely nothing, um, you know, wondering, God, what is going on? What is happening? And even in that, we've just realized, you know, sometimes it can feel like in life, you're just going from one season of waiting to another season of waiting. And that waiting can really start to feel heavy. Like, there can be a weight to that waiting. You know, it's like 
It's like young people, all they can wait for, like they cannot wait just to finish secondary school because then they're going to be free, right? They're so excited. And then they're like, I just want to go to college. It's going to be the best years of my life. And then once they're in college, the exams and the assignments start, and they're like, I cannot wait to get out of college and be free and have all this free time and get a job, you know, nine to five job. I'm going to have all this free time. And then they get a job and they start earning money. Then they can't wait to move jobs just so they can earn more money. And then they can't wait to get married. And then once you're married, you're like, oh, like checking, like pregnancy test. I'm like, I can't wait to get pregnant. And then once all the babies come, they turn your house upside down. As I hear every parent say on Sundays, they just turn your house upside down and you can't wait for your kids to grow up and become independent and move out the house. But then once they're out the house, I speak to so many um, empty nesters and you're like, I can't wait for grandkids because the house is so quiet. We're so alone at home. And it's, you know, it's just this thing of going from one season of waiting to another. And what's so important is how we choose to face those seasons of waiting. Because waiting has a big impact on us. It has an impact on us, those around us, our spouse, our children, our colleagues, our friends. Waiting can have a really big impact on us. And how we choose to face that waiting is really, really important. And I believe that waiting has the potential to actually have purpose in our lives. There can be a purpose to your waiting. It's not in vain. It's not a wasted season. It's not just a waste of time, but God can do so much in our seasons of waiting. Yeah, waiting has the potential to teach us so much, right? Um, but it can also result in much pain and discomfort. And the time we spend waiting can result in different outcomes, uh, depending on how we wait. And it's kind of like lifting weights in the gym. And if you've ever been in a gym for more than 20 seconds, there's a particular <laughs> exercise. Candace went back to the gym this week. Um, she's been sore. Uh, but there's a particular exercise you're bound to have seen uh, called the bench press, right? And I don't know if we have a photo of it here, I think. Uh, it's a pretty simple exercise. You lie down on a bench, so you're lying flat, and you're pushing a weight up and away from you. And uh, it's definitely not something that you want to make a mistake with, because at the top of the lift, there's this loaded barbell right above your neck. And um, if you don't keep that control, and if you can't lift properly, it's probably going to come down towards your neck, and that's something we want to avoid. And, but let's say you decide that you want to work on your bench press, and uh, you turn up to the gym on Monday morning, not tomorrow morning, because it's bank holiday, everyone's sleeping. But Tuesday morning, you turn up to the gym, and you're ready to lift. And there's three different outcomes that can happen. There's three different things or three different ways can go. And they translate really well to how we wait. Um, and the first one is that the weight can bury you. If you put too much weight on the bar, uh, more than you can handle, you won't even be able to perform a single rep. I asked Rahul, who everyone knows is just enormous, the size of a truck, um, just before the service, how much do you bench press? It's a classic bro question, like, how much do you bench press, bro? Um, and he was like, 140 kilograms, which, just for context, it's like a lot. That's like, that's me, that's like me and then another half of me again. I was like, excuse me, what? 140? Um, and if I put 140 kilograms in the bar, I, it wouldn't even come down slowly. It would just drop like a rock. And you might still have strong to start the movement, but the weight is going to end up sinking lower and lower until you find yourself with a barbell on your chest or even worse, on your neck. And, and you're not going to have the strength to lift it up again. And it's the same thing with weight. It can so easily bear down on us, grind down on us, and we may be resisting and pushing, but it just lowers and lowers and lowers and lowers until we feel like we can't move or breathe like we're trapped. The second thing that can happen is the weight can break you. Let's say you haven't piled the weight on, uh, but you've come with a plan, and you come in the gym, and you're ready, you've got your plan, you, you're not going to put too much on, you're doing your reps, you're going at it with intensity, but you're not doing it properly, you're not lifting well, 
And if you lift without proper forms, and maybe, maybe your back isn't in the right position, or your elbows are too flared out, um, and you keep increasing the weight that you're lifting, over weeks and weeks and months of repetition, your body's going to get thrown out of shape. You're going to start getting imbalances. You're going to start getting muscle pain. You can do serious long-term damage if you engage in lifting weights improperly. Sometimes I wait with terrible form, like in real life. Uh, sometimes I choose to engage in times of waiting with impatience, with a self-pity. That's a big one. Um, with a bad attitude, or as my sister calls it, batitude. It's <laughs> my favorite word. Candace hates it. I love it. Uh, the problem with that is that while, while these coping mechanisms help in the short term, they get you through. They get you through the week. You're like, I feel sorry for myself. I'm just going to take care of Matt this Friday. You know, they, they help you get, just get through the next stage. But they're not long-term solutions, and they can't sustain you forever. The third thing that can happen is a positive thing. The weight can build you. And being buried or broken isn't the only outcome in the gym. In fact, the whole reason we go to the gym is to build ourselves. When we're exposed to weight that is a little bit outside of our comfort zone, and we engage with it properly and with wisdom, um, we, we actually grow. We, we, we reach new capabilities, and we have more endurance, and we have a greater capacity to lift. And similarly, when we wait well and when we walk through our waiting seasons with Jesus, and that's the key, and we'll talk more about that later, it produces fruit in us. And the waiting that has the potential to bury or break us actually builds us. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, you know, if we had to pause and think about it, we'd all say, no, I really want it to build, build me. I want to grow. I want to get stronger through this waiting. And, you know, for me, over these last two years, just with the journey of life, um, you know, with one season of waiting and then another season of waiting, there's been the potential for any of these things to have been produced in me, for me to be broken, for me to be built up, or for me to be buried. And honestly, there has been moments where I have felt just completely buried under the weight of waiting, thinking, will this ever happen? Will we be able to get married? What if COVID never ends? You know, all these crazy thoughts go through your mind. What if we never get this green card? What are we going to do? Did we make a mistake? And, you know, there's been times where I have felt broken and tears have just flowed. And maybe you've experienced that before where you're just like, God, I just don't think I can wait anymore. And, and then there's been times where I have felt my confidence in God being built up and I have felt stronger and I have felt more confident in Him. And you know, I'm sure there's seasons where we wait really well. And then there's some seasons in our lives where we don't seem to wait as well. But today we, we simply want to share just some tools that we, ho that we hope will be able to help you to wait just that little bit better, to be able to wait with a confident hope in Jesus and to wait believing, you know what, there's purpose in this waiting. There's, God is doing something in this waiting and I am going to be built up during this season. So the weight of waiting can produce many different things in us. You know, for some, it can produce beautiful things like, like endurance and patience and, you know, gentleness or kindness, but I'm sure Waiting can also produce not so beautiful things in us. Maybe unforgiveness towards someone or something. Maybe disappointment or doubt in God and His character. Maybe it produces a, a stepping away from church life, a stepping away from people. Waiting can produce different things in us. And we all experience it so differently. And each of us today in the room, you know, you're probably waiting for something, and the weight of that feels different for every single one of us. You know, 
for some, it's waiting for a partner, waiting to get married. And some get married at 21 years old, like last, this Monday, not last weekend, this Monday, we celebrated John and Jody. They're often up here, Jody's leading worship. And they got married on Monday at the ripe old age of 21 years old. It was beautiful. But you know, some only get married at 35, maybe 45, maybe 55. Maybe some are still waiting for that partner, believing in faith. You know, maybe it's waiting to get your driver's license. And this was a journey for yeah, us. I was, when I started learning to drive, I was like, this is going to take me six months. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be easy because <laughs> I'm a grown-up. And it took me two years uh-huh. and four driving tests and a lot of stress. Uh-huh. The Irish system. I know JP's on that journey as well. It is a struggle. Waiting to get that driver's license or, you know, waiting for him to ask me out felt like an eternity. Girls, if you've ever been in that position, you're like, what is taking him so long? It was only a few months. It was okay. But it feels like waiting forever. You know, maybe you're waiting for that, that answered prayer that you've been praying for years. Maybe you're, you're waiting for breakthrough with your children, with your spouse. Um, you know, for me, I've been waiting for an answer with this green card. Just like a yes or no, Jesus. Just like anything. You know, I'll take anything. And, you know, waiting for 10 months with absolute silence was a real struggle. Um, you know, for some of us, it might be waiting to feel okay with something, to get over something. Maybe it's your parents' divorce, or you're waiting for, will my dreams ever come true? Will I ever find the answer to life I've been looking for? Maybe you're waiting to finally figure out, what's my career going to be? You know, what am I going to do after school? Or you're waiting today maybe for that doctor's diagnosis, or that healing, or that hospital date, or that, pre- uh, that pregnancy test, that you're just waiting for it to be positive. You know, maybe you're waiting in Jesus' name for that mortgage to come through, that house that's been sale agreed forever, and you're just waiting for that breakthrough, for a home, for you and your family. Maybe you're waiting for forgiveness to settle in your heart towards someone. Maybe you're, you're waiting for that answer of, why me, God? Why? Or what next? When, when will it be my turn? When will I get a break, breakthrough? We're all waiting for different things. And each of them have a different weight and can produce different things in each one of us. But today we want to simply answer just three quick questions that we hope is going to strengthen us. So the questions are, why do we wait? How should we wait? And who do we wait with? First question, why do we wait, is something that every four-year-old asks is, why, 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 why? Um, and sometimes we find ourselves asking, why do I have to wait? Uh, why doesn't God just remove this obstacle? We as Christians believe he's able to do anything. Um, why doesn't he just solve the situation right now so that I can be happy or so that I can be relieved or so that I don't have to suffer? And this is something that can be difficult to grapple with when, you, when you're a Christian who believes that God can do literally anything. And Romans 5 provides somewhat of an indirect answer to this question. Paul writes, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And Paul says that we can rejoice when we run into trials. Um, I, I don't rejoice when I run into trials. I often complain. Uh, but why is, it, why is it that we can rejoice? And because they bring us to a place of hope in Christ that doesn't lead to disappointment. I remember I had a, ba- a stretch of about a year when I was 24 years old, and it, it definitely wasn't a trial, but it was a stretch of my life that developed character in me. And 
I had moved from the city. I was living in the city center close to where we live now, or in Inchicore, just close enough. And I moved to Blanchardstown, which is, you know, felt far, far away from the city center. Um, it was outside the M50. Uh, I wasn't driving. I didn't have a car. All my close friends, everyone, everyone I loved was at least like an hour's commute away. Um, and it was a bit weird. Um, I found myself in that weird middle ground. I just started a new job, so it wasn't like I was going to find another job, right? Um, I was living somewhere strange. If I'm being honest, at the time, I was kind of bored out there. Um, and it didn't feel like there was a particular direction my life was heading in. Um, and maybe you've been in a place like that where you're just kind of, you're just there. It's just life happens day after day after day, and you're not really going anywhere. But instead of giving in to what I felt was like an empty season of life and just numbing myself with Netflix, because uh, that's very easy to do, um, I leaned into it with intentionality, and it ended up being the healthiest year of my life to that point. Even though I felt like I was waiting it out, it built something in me. Um, I built healthy habits, both physically and spiritually, uh, that has stuck with me to this very day. And in that waiting for life to progress or for something interesting to happen, I took the time to consistently seek Jesus in his word and in his presence. And this is maybe the first time in my life that I actually was intentional about seeking Jesus on a daily basis. And I took the time to focus on the days that were in front of me, and I built the character that was needed for what was to come next. Um, <laughs> and honestly, Can Candace would not have been interested in the man I was before I entered into that stretch. But in wading through it, and it was slow, but I changed day by day by day. And when I came out the other side of it, I had developed character, and I had stepped into more of who I was. And then it was easy peasy. <laughs> Jesus doesn't let us wait for the fun of it. He's not a spiteful God. If he allows us to wait, it's to build something beautiful within us. Going back to the gym analogy, the strength that you build in the gym directly translates to movements outside of it. Because you spend time in an environment that's designed to grow you, you are better equipped to move, act, and live when you step outside of that environment. The season of waiting you find yourself in, if you find yourself in one now or if you will find yourself in one, because you probably will, it isn't just for now, it's also for you in the future. It's producing something in you, maybe unseen, maybe hidden, maybe you don't even know that it's happening but it's something you need in order to be who you've been called to be. Waiting produces endurance, which produces character, which produces hope. Very good. And so we not only want to answer the first question of why do we wait, but the second thing is how should we wait? And, you know, we have lots of options here, um, options we've probably all explored. We can moan complain, um, just simply sit in our pain, deny, isolate, remove ourselves from others, or one that I personally love to do. I get really, really busy. I just fill my calendar with so much stuff, with good things, people, and I'm running around, I'm busy, 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 so that I don't have to face what I'm facing, so that I don't have to face the reality of the weight that I'm carrying on a daily basis. Now, these options are available to us, but they're not going to produce what Matt spoke about. They're not going to produce that character. They're not going to produce that hope for our future. They're going to produce negative things like loneliness, like um, isolation. It's going to maybe produce disappointment. And that's not what God wants for us. It's going to produce no hope for our future. And that's not what he has for us. And so waiting is a hard thing because it can sometimes steal away hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart mm. sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Yeah. And I absolutely love how the Passion Translation um, says that verse. In Proverbs 13, 12, um, it says, when hope's dream 
seems to drag on and on. The delay can be depressing. But when at last your dreams come true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Isn't that beautiful? You know, when, when hope's dream seems to drag on and draw on, what can we do? There's ways in which we can wait. And the first thing that we should do is we, sh- we need to be honest with ourselves. Really simple today. No like rocket science, but we need to be honest with ourselves. Honest about how I'm feeling. Honest about what you're facing. And you know, we need to be honest about what's in our heart, what's in our mind, and truly acknowledge where you're at. Say this sucks. This is horrible. I hate this. I feel lonely. This is so difficult. Don't put on a face. Don't put on the facade. Come to it. It's great. Everything's fine. Don't fake it till you make it because it doesn't actually work. Be honest with yourself. Be truthful about yourself and bring all those feelings into the light. Don't let them stay locked up in your heart. You know, when all those feelings and emotions are in the dark, it's almost as if they can have power over us. But when we're honest about what's going on in the inside, when we bring that into the light, it's almost as if we gain the power back and we can stand up and we can be strong. You know, it's okay to admit how you're feeling. It's okay to have big feelings about the season that you're in. And, you know, when we bring that into the light, it actually sets us on a better path to be able to go after the things that God has for us, to be able to take hold of that hope. And so the first thing is we have to be honest with ourselves. But the second thing is we need to be honest with Jesus. We need to be honest with him. You know, there's no point in allowing the anger and the frustration and the disappointment to cause us to walk away from him or to cause us to create this distance between us and Jesus, because he is the one person, he is the one person who looks at you, looks at your season and understands. He sees every detail of the season that you're in. And he knows, what's even better is he knows the purpose of that pain, the purpose of that waiting. We think, oh no, I can't be honest with God. I can't be honest about my anger, my frustration and my irritation with him. But you know what? He He not only wants to be there for you, but he can handle it. He wants to handle that with you. He wants to walk with you. And he's waiting. He's literally waiting for each one of us to come to him with all that. Yeah, I love this verse in Matthew 11, 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and carry weights, and I will give you rest. So we need to come to Jesus. We need to come to him and surrender. And what does that surrender looks, look like? It looks like us being honest. It looks like us opening up our hearts and being truthful with him. And you know, there's this phrase, we need to let go and let God. And it's like this catchy Christian phrase. But if we pause and take a moment, it is actually such a powerful, powerful phrase. We need to let go of control, not the thing you want to hear at church. You, want, you need to let go of control. You need to let go of wanting things to be your way, wanting things to work out in your timeline, what you imagine, how you think it should look. We need to let go, and we need to let God move in. We need to let His plans, His hope permeate our heart, permeate our situation, and we need to let Him come in and let His timing unfold. Let God's plans unfold in our life, even though they may look so different to what we imagine 
even though the timeline may be so different to what we would prefer and what we would want. And, you know, we need to read Jeremiah 29 verse 11, not as that kids' church verse that we've, like, drummed into the children from younger, and we've taught them all this verse. But we need to read this verse afresh with new eyes and seeing the power that is in it. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. The truth, like that verse, the truth for your future right now, like think about your waiting, think about everything you're, you're hoping for. The truth in that situation is God has got something good for you. God has got something good for your future. God has a plan for your future. It is not going to be a disaster. You may feel it unraveling like this is going to be a disaster. God's saying, no, I've got good things for you. I've got hope for you. It will not be a disaster. And that's despite how we may feel. Not dismissing our feelings. Because remember, we need to be honest about what we're feeling. Be honest. But despite that, the truth of Jeremiah 29 verse 11 needs to trump all that. That this is going to be good. This is not going to be a disaster. There is hope. Paul writes in Philippians 1 verse 6. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, yeah. will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ yeah. returns. Yeah, I love that. You can be certain. Some translations say you can be convinced that he is going to complete the work he has started in you. All of this, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, Philippians 1 verse 6, it may not actually be talking about external circumstances, like everything's going to look exactly how you imagine, but it's talking about something on the inside of us. It's talking about a hope inside of us, the good work inside of us. Because, you know, throughout the waiting, God is more concerned and he's always more focused on building something in you than he is about the things around you. He's focused on building character and development on the inside of you. Your internal character is always more important than your external circumstances. And so as we continue to wait, let's choose to be people who are honest with ourselves and honest with Jesus. So we've asked, why do we wait? And how should we wait? And the third question is, who do we wait with? And there's two, two particular who's we should wait with. And the first is in community, like, like we are today. Yeah. There's a lot of scripture about living life with other people. Uh, and here's two examples. Galatians 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And when you're struggling with seasons of waiting, make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who love Jesus, people who will speak life into you, uh, who will draw the best out of you, who will encourage you and lift you up, and who will speak into who you are created to be. Don't wait with people who are negative, who will whine, who will indulge in your self-pity, who will drag or drive you down. They'll just add more baggage, and they'll add more weight. And it won't help you walk with the lightness that comes from walking with Christ. Yeah. yeah. And so the first one was wait in community. And the second one is who? We need to wait in Christ. 
And so we need to be found in Christ. We need to be found waiting in his presence. And, you know, at some point um, in our waiting, for some of us, it's right at the beginning because we've learned to be obedient and surrender really quickly. Some of us, it's in the middle. And some of us, we go kicking and screaming right until the end until we're like, oh, wait, I can't do this without Jesus. I actually need Jesus. I actually need to step into his presence and say, God, I need you. God, I can't do this without you. Jesus, please help. Jesus, I want to wait with you. And you know, the greatest thing we can be encouraged to do as we wait is to seek his presence. Because when we seek his presence, that will reveal his promises and that will give us perspective. Think about that for a moment. When we seek his presence, here on a Sunday morning, when we come together and we worship, that reveals his promises, that he is good, that he is faithful, that he's kind. And as his promises and his character is revealed, that starts to change our perspective on the thing that we're waiting for. And you know, there's been times over these, this last um, 10 months for me as we've been waiting for my green car where I've been like, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do this anymore. Every Sunday, everyone's like, have you heard any news? Have you found out anything? And it's so wonderful because people care. But eventually, I was like, God, I don't think I can do this. I'm starting to doubt. Maybe we shouldn't make this decision. And we still haven't got it, by the way. Uh, we're still waiting. But even in the midst of that, there, there were so many moments where it's like, God, I don't think I can do this. Until there was one day where I broke down and I, I cried and I was like, Jesus, okay can't do this without you anymore. I'm not going to strive and wait in my own strength. I need you, Jesus, to strengthen me. And literally the next day, we got a step forward. We got a answer. And it was just such an encouragement from God. Hey, I'm with you in the waiting. Hey, I will strengthen you. Continue to wait with me. And you know, sometimes when we're in his presence, I don't know if you've been there, you just, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to pray. You don't know what to do. But one thing that we can do is focus on his character. Even when it doesn't make sense, cement yourself in the character of God. Fill your space with the character of God and with less of your circumstances. Now, practically, what does that look like? What does it mean to fill your space with the character of God and with less of your circumstances? You can literally sit there and either choose to say, God doesn't love me. He's forgotten me. This is not going to work out. This, my life sucks. I don't think I can do like I was doing. I, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not worth it. He's not with me. Or you can stop and you can say, no, I'm not going to fill my space, my mind, my heart, my environment with that. I'm going to choose to fill my space, my heart, my mind with the character of God. And you can say, he is good. He is faithful. He has not forgotten me. He has not deserted me. He is a miracle worker. We sing that song all the time. He is the mountain mover. He is the promise keeper. Jesus, even when I can't see it, I'm going to believe that this is the truth of who you are. You are going to keep your promises. Right at the end, you know, we always say in retrospect, I can look back and see, oh, there God was. But we can say it in the middle. We can say, God, I believe that you're with me in the middle of this. You are present in my waiting. I'm not alone. Jesus, you are with me. You can say, amen, God, I believe that you can do that in your own home. We don't have to wait for a Sunday to do that. You can choose to fill your space, your heart, and your mind with the character of God, the truth of who he is. Why? Because the character of God can be trusted. You can trust who God is. Proverbs 18.10. The character of God is a tower of strength. 
For the lovers of God delight to run into his heart and be exalted on yeah. high. The character of God is a tower of strength. You can find strength in the character of God. You know, your circumstances, they're here today, they're tomorrow, like the wind and the waves, they're being tossed from side to side, but that is not the character of God. The character of God is strong and stable. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, he writes, If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Yeah. We can ask some of the worship team to come on up and just join us. We're going to come to an end. I love that. If we are unfaithful, even when you're like, I'm going to turn away, I'm going to walk away from him, even when we're unfaithful, he is still faithful. And we can say it in this way, he will be faithful to you. Hear that this morning. He will be faithful to you no matter what. He will see you through to the end. He will complete the good work that he has began in your life. And he will continue to do it. And so, yes, there is a weight of waiting. If you have that picture of Rahul in the gym with that 140 kilograms, that weight on the side, what is that weight for you? Is it the prayer that you're waiting for? Is it the breakthrough? There's a weight to our waiting. But we can choose, is this weight going to bury me? Is it going to break me? Or is it going to build me up like Rahul? I'm going to get built up. Is it going to build me up for my future, for the things that God has for me? And you know what? God doesn't want us to get stuck in weariness as we wait. Just get stuck there and just be like, this is it. This is all God has for me. He doesn't want us to get stuck. He wants you. If you've been waiting for three months, if you've been waiting for three years, you know what, maybe you've even been waiting for 30 years for something. And that can be really, really hard to wait that long. But in the midst of your waiting, God wants you to be able to take a hold of His character, take a hold of the promises that He has for your life and declare who He is, declare that He is good, that he hasn't left you and he has not forsaken you and that the best is still to come for your life. Amen. That he is going to build you up into something strong and beautiful for his name's sake. And so why don't we just close our eyes for a moment today? You know, we know that there's so many different people in the room this morning. There's so many different things that we're all waiting for. And we really want to not just rush past but we want to pray together because we know that waiting can be so, so, so hard. What are you waiting for this morning? Why don't we just take a moment, just put our hands on our hearts if you feel comfortable to do that, just as a sign of like, you know what, this is what I'm waiting for. And as you put your hand on your heart, just say to God, God, this is what I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm waiting for healing. I'm waiting for a friend. I'm lonely, God. I'm waiting for a doctor's appointment for my child. Whatever it is this morning that you're waiting for, say that out to God. And I'm going to ask Matt just to pray for us this morning and commit us to God in the midst of our waiting. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through your word and through your son, Lord. And 
we know that you are good and that you are faithful and you are for us and that in the middle of our waiting, in the middle of our trials, in the middle of the things that are seem like they're breaking us or bearing us, Lord, that you are able to take those situations and to build something in us, to build something good and something that is beautiful, something that is worthy, Lord. And I pray for those, Lord, who find themselves in these situations, Lord, for our brothers and sisters here, Lord, that you will help them see who they are becoming, that you will help them see the fruit that you are producing in them, Lord, that you will build them up and encourage them, Father, whether that's answers, whether that's promises, Lord, whether it's just having, bringing people around them to, to walk with them, Lord. I just pray for, for relief, Lord. I pray for a lightness of load, and that, Lord, that the, the weight of waiting seasons won't bear down on us, Father, but that you will help us carry it. I pray this in Jesus' name.